Hey there, welcome back. I'm Robert Fleming. I'm one of the partners in the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC, and this is Elder Law Issues. I am joined today, as I so often am, by my partner, Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. Elizabeth, welcome back. Happy New Year. Hey, thank you very much. Now let's talk about deeds today. We get a lot of questions about deeds. They come, the questions come up in various ways. They are often involved in someone's estate planning, maybe transferring a piece of real estate into the name of a trust or sometimes estate administration or trust administration, getting the property out of the trust's name and to the beneficiaries. Um, but there are some kind of consistent themes. I, I want to start with one and then ask you to contribute your favorite one. Sort of my favorite is the misunderstanding about the significance of having an original deed. We so often have clients come in, we ask them to bring deeds to their real estate in, and they come in, and I guess this is an appropriate time to say, we are Arizona lawyers. We are giving you advice about Arizona law when you come to see us. When we talk about it in these podcasts, we are talking about Arizona law. If you don't live in Arizona, your mileage may vary. But in Arizona, if you don't have your original deed, no big deal. If it's been recorded at the county recorder's office and you've lost the piece of paper, it's just not a problem. If somebody sends you a letter saying, oh, you might have lost your original deed for just $29.95, we'll get a copy for you. Yeah, don't send those people $29.95 or $49.95 or whatever they ask for because you don't have to have the original deed. If you have a copy of any of the documents, it's just a piece of cake for us to track down the current status. Uh, although I think you're going to talk in a minute about title reports and, and that uh, that's going to be maybe a little bit of an eye-opener to some of our clients. But I know that the next thing we want to talk about is why we need to know your marital status when we transfer deeds or in or in or out of your name. So, or, or Robert, to that to that point, whether or not the person who we are going to transfer title to to a piece of property later through a beneficiary deed is a single person or a married person when we complete the beneficiary deed and record it. So many clients. Um, either estate planning clients or other folks from outside the practice who may hire us just to prepare a deed get really surprised and sometimes offended when we ask about people's marital status. Folks need to remember that Arizona is a community property state. We want to make sure that we understand the way in which we are conveying title to a piece of property and how somebody may accept that title to the piece of property. And that is important to document through a deed. That same goes, Robert, for how somebody's name is spelled. If somebody has a legal name that you're not sure of and you want to include that person on a deed, let's slow down and make sure we've got somebody's full legal name. That's another area often, Robert, that can be problematic. You may have a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle think that they know someone's legal name, but in fact, when we see that the deed is to Johnny E. Doe, we pause and think, is Johnny really a John? And so we have to ask a bunch of follow-up questions. And so, Robert, I think what I want people who are listening to our conversation today to be aware of, there are often really big details that are important in this process that we need to know about, but they might seem a little nosy. One of the questions that really confuses people, and this is another opportunity to say, 
We are Arizona lawyers. We're talking about Arizona law. This might not apply in other states. Arizona is a community property state. It very much concerns clients pretty often when they are when they worry about if they leave something to their daughter or their son, does the spouse that they're not so sure about inherit an interest? Because this is a community property state. So if you leave things to your son, does his wife get an interest? Well, no. In Arizona, and I think this is probably true in all of the community property states, but I'm not going to generalize too much. But in Arizona, a gift to a, a married person is not community property. They receive it as their separate property. So you don't have to worry about the spouse acquiring an automatic interest in, in the, the gift. So why do we ask about their marital status? Well, it's not because we're going to give it to the spouse. It's not because having a spouse gets them an interest in it. It's because later when they try to sell their interest, the title company is going to say, well, what about your spouse? How do we prove that this is not community property? So if we are going to give a piece of property or list your, your son, your married son, or your married daughter on the, as a beneficiary on the beneficiary deed, or even sometimes in the, the planning documents, we're going to say, this goes to John Doe, a married man, and in his sole and separate right, so that it's clear that it is not community property. We might actually ask John's wife to come in and sign what's called a disclaimer deed to make it crystal clear that there is no community property interest in something that they receive. And that's why we're kind of nosy about the marital status. We want to get that right. If they're not married, then we don't have as many hoops to jump through. And Robert, you, you mentioned the phrase getting it right. And I, I want people to understand that Fleming and Curdy is not a title company. So when we recommend that somebody slow down in this process to create a deed, and in fact, we offer to coordinate matters with the title company so that we can get a title report, um, sometimes people are really surprised, Robert, that we don't have that background or access to data. Um, but people need to remember that title companies, they're title companies for a reason. They have an area of expertise and access to data that we may not here at Fleming and Curdy. So in order to do it right, um, sometimes people need to slow down and realize that we need to research. And we can coordinate with a title company on a client's behalf. But the reality is, is that we may not have all of the information at our disposal when somebody comes in and shares an old deed with us that we need to review before preparing a new deed. What? Our client might say, how dare you? I inherited this property 40 years ago from my parents who had owned it for 30 years before they died and left it to me and nobody has questioned the title. Guess what, folks? That's exactly the case we most want to have a title search done on because that's too long a time for things to have cropped up. I've seen cases where somebody had a judgment lien on property that they owned when the judgment was against somebody with a very similar name but not the same name. I've seen cases where people refinanced and didn't understand the significance of the deed documents that they signed and created that community property confusion where it didn't exist before. There are lots of things that can happen over the passage of time that can muddy your interest in the property. And that's why, uh, as you say, Elizabeth, that's why sometimes we suggest it would be good to get a title report. Not that somebody's going to come and take your property away, 
but wouldn't it be great if we can fix those problems that we find now while you're alive when you can relate the details and remember, oh yes, I did refinance in 1988, um, but then I refinanced with a company that went under and uh, and I don't know how we get, we could deal with that now rather than your kids having to deal with it when they're trying to sell your house in 12 or 15 or 20 years. And Robert, I think for folks to understand that that documentation in the file is helpful now and in the future to be able to see that it came from a title company, that it wasn't solely based on research that we were doing as attorneys with our legal assistant team here at Fleming & Curdy, Robert. It's, it's a good part of building the file for the family um, or heirs down the road. And so I think a lot of people um, want help with deeds, need help with deeds. It is a process. It does take time. In order to do it right, we need to slow down and make sure that we're dotting all of our I's and crossing all of our T's. And, um, you know, if people have got questions, we want to answer them. Can we just say one word as we close out on this about beneficiary deeds particularly? It's so easy to do a beneficiary deed. It's a nice way to avoid probate. Um, we use them pretty often in our practice. But folks, it's not a substitute for a good conversation with an estate planning attorney about what you're actually trying to accomplish. For many of the reasons we've talked about today, as well as your general estate plan, just relying on a beneficiary deed without more careful thought and analysis might be a mistake. So please, folks, don't just grab a beneficiary deed form online and sign it and figure you've finished your estate planning. You have not done so at all. Oh, Robert. Well, that makes me want to go see my attorney. Oh, good. Then it worked. <laughs> and that's what we do. We're, we are attorneys. We are Fleming and Curdy PLC, a Tucson, Arizona elder law firm, where we're very concerned about elder law issues and therefore named our weekly podcast, Elder Law Issues. I'm Robert Fleming. I've been chatting with Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, and we both are very hopeful that you will join us again next time. Thanks.